I once went to a gig where everyone was performing somewhat sad poems until this guy shows up and he expels fatherhood. His delivery of this poem allowed me to engage with him, even if I've never seen him before, met him before, and I found myself immersed in this imaginary world of me and my imaginary son. I know him as a poet, illustrator, and a filmmaker. His name is Christopher James White. Okay, here we go. So this was called uh, Necronautica. It's like my idea of what it would be to be an astronaut but going into the afterlife. I'm walking from my bedroom to my bathroom. I'd forgotten that I'd just taken a shower and so the floor was damp. Usually I'd brace myself. I'm not as young as I used to be. Today I didn't. So my heel slides about three inches forward and my foot comes up from under me. I flail my arms and try to grab the doorframe but only air reaches back for me and the ground rushes up from its place up against my head so hard that I can taste it. My vision goes white. This should hurt, but I can't feel anything. My body isn't speaking to me and it won't listen. I try and get my arms to move, reaching out for help. Did anyone hear the crack of my head against the bathroom floor? Is anyone coming to answer the calls of my skull on tile sonata? Why did I leave my phone at the bed? I've lived a beautiful life. I had first kisses and watched first steps, had amazing friends, worked an okay job. I kissed the prettiest girl on earth and made the most beautiful baby boy. I lived a tiny, insignificant, momentous, and celestial life of joy. I just thought I'd have more time. Still, I was so lucky. Now, now the corners start closing, dark and murky, my sky turns onyx and clouds become smoke, and the edges of my eyes draw close to one another as the blood runs slower and slower. There is no tunnel, only a blackness. In it, I sit by myself, hearing a chorus of loved ones in my mind's ear, in the back of what I once was. They become clearer and clearer until I hear them sitting right next to me, screaming at my empty chest. I watch them gathered around me in shared mourning, united by our shared life. I'm drawn into blackness that opens up and gives way to golden doors. I step forward into the kingdom of pyrite and zirconium at the hall of false gods, pledging my mind and body to the rose quartz serpent and of temptation atop an altar of ash and sulfur. I ask for forgiveness and throw my spirit against the cosmic wind to be judged. Along a river sticks death ships set sails to souls of selfsame woes that burn in penthouse infernos, and I smell the sounds of red and watch the taste of anger as the six-eyed jackal licks at the skin of my face with a fish-hooked tongue. And I gawk in awe as the blood eagle stretches its cracked rib wings and takes flight on a current of screens, and from its chest comes forward Beezlebub, lord of flies, giving rise to terrible tides of sunken-eyed demons and open-wound gals. Is this hell? Have I been judged a sinner? Is this my damnation? Where each new soul is the splitwise of a once self-same hold? Fragments meant, to, fragments meant to search inside forever to be made whole once more? I hear a burning bush with a silent flame, hidden at the foot of the tree of knowledge, and have a mushroom-fueled dream that will last a thousand years, where I see the old gods and the new, Allah, Vishnu, Thor, Quetzalcoatl, Shiva, Osiris, the old gods return, and what am I to tell them of their absence? What can I say to my ancestors when asked why I lived as I did? I woke to the sound of my child's voice, guiding me back to a time before the universe. I had now trained my chest to breathe life into the lifeness and had been given secrets untold. The world is filled with gods and stars and computer programs, machines that learn to love, and men that learn to feel. And when my passing awakens me from what is almost certainly a simulation, I'll see with true eyes what the world really is. That's it. Why do you start doing poetry? 
Uh, I like being on stage. Like I like people listening to me. I like being seen. I like the attention. I think that's why. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's no. I know that's not just me. I think most people who get up on stage have a desire to like fill some need for more love and affection than they get from normal interactions and shit. I think everybody who does stand-up comedy, rap, music, any of that shit, they're looking for some sort of like enhanced version of the love that you get in in relationships. They want attention, eyes on them. That's really interesting to hear, actually, that way. It's true, because I find a lot of people that I've spoken to who kind of got, got into poetry or rap or music or whatever, when I asked them that question the first time, they'd go somewhere else. It's like, oh, I was going through blah, blah, blah. Or it's a hobby that I picked up, or it was my way of dealing with stuff. And I think that's a little bit of bullshit on their parts. <laughs> like, I mean, so. there is there is definitely a little, like a, a lot of it's therapy. It's like me working through my own problems. But dog, you can do that. You can do that inside. You got on a stage for a reason. Like, there's in poetry, maybe it's a little bit more that because there's like a feedback loop like you feel like you're having a conversation with the audience and they snap and they give you reinforcement regardless of whether or not your poem is good they they clap either way but if you're like a musician people only give a shit if you're good like they don't actually care or give a fuck about your problems so you get up on stage and like you might be doing therapy but the thing that you get from the audience is adoration not support i mean i guess maybe you do if they like you a lot so there's a little bit of the therapy thing to it but everybody who gets up on stage a little bit is looking for love Fair enough. What do you think about Melbourne and in terms of, well, this podcast ideally, like the people who've been here are like creatives and maybe who do different things. What do you think of Melbourne in terms of poetry and you being involved, maybe not necessarily in t- just being a poet? How, what do you think of Melbourne just as a creative city? Because um, I feel like there's a lot that goes on here that before I came here, I didn't really know about or expect. Yeah. And there's always something constantly happening in different spaces in terms of creativity. And it's allowed me to maybe tap into more things that I can do that I didn't know I could or find ways, find things that I I could do in terms of like skills. Wait, so what, ideas. All, what all stuff do you do? So <laughs> that's a very difficult question. Yeah. <laughs> Jane of all trades. I can't like box myself into one okay, thing. So I'm not saying what you identify yeah. as just what shit do what you do, do, I do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so okay i usually have a lot of things in my head like ideas mm-hmm. and usually when i'm in a space just a creative space it could be anything like people singing or people acting and stuff i'll always think of something and because uh, i always had these ideas and i didn't have anywhere to put them or i just thought like i can't tell them to people performing and stuff i just always kept them there and never used them until recently so one of my friends does theater and she just took me to like one of her workshops and she was working on a play. And then I got to use this idea. So I was like, oh, how about you do this, this, this? And a lot of it was like music. So how to use music in different spaces. Mm. So for example, there's one other friend of mine who does poetry and I was like, what if you actually do poetry and have guys like do music in the background? Cause it kind of goes really well. And the music could just be enhancing whatever you're saying or whatever you're speaking. And so if it's sad, maybe something to evoke that emotion and go with whatever you're saying, like in terms of rhythm. And so for a long time, I just didn't know. I thought I was just a musician, but then I realized I can do a lot of things in other spaces. So I still don't know what I do. I just find myself in a space. And if I have thoughts to share or things like 
that can enhance the performance. I'm like, okay, how about if you do this? Or have you thought of doing stuff? So do you feel like like Melbourne, you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't be doing that if you weren't in Melbourne? I think I would. I just don't think I'd be doing that as fast as I did because hmm. I got into into a space with many creative people. Also, I was I was maybe more shy before I came here, just because. So what changed? I got myself in spaces with more creative people. And also I just decided to speak to people that I didn't know. And I'm trying to do that often. Because I feel like when someone, when you're both, when you speak to other people who are on the same, what do you call it? Wave I don't know. Length, vibe, whatever. Yeah. And they kind of understand what you're trying to do and they feel it, they'll do it and do 100%. And they'll support you and stuff. I think I didn't have that or I just didn't reach out to the right people. Or I just didn't actually, before I came here. And I've seen a lot of uh, collaborations since I came with just a few people that I knew, which I thought was really cool. So I decided to just try out and do stuff. I just, I was also always afraid to do stuff. Really? Why afraid? I think I'm more afraid of failure. Mm. And also I have this, I know where I'm supposed to be or what I can do. And every time I don't get to that level, the expectation that I've set for myself, it puts me up a little bit. And, and so, so what like, I used to do, try as much as you. I'd try it. And then when I'm not working, it would just frustrate me. And then I'd stop because I'm getting frustrated. Hmm. And then I just start thinking, what if I do it? And then this podcast, for example, I've been wanting to do this from the beginning of this year. Nothing, <laughs> nothing was stopping me. But then I just always thought, what if I don't do it right? What if I don't get people who want to do it? What if? There were just so many what ifs that were so useless. And until one time, one of my friends was just like, just do it. Like just start it and it's gonna go. Yeah, I mean, and I figure people say this, this all the time, and I've it's been been very true for me that it's better to to do to like have something done than have something perfect. I think uh, what's his face Zuckerberg said that that done is better Ooh, than perfect. Which I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should be doing the thing where we like quote famous people, but like just quote some <laughs> bullshit that they said so, like it's a fact because they're they're rich or whatever. But that is probably a pretty good piece of advice, and. Yeah, because while you're waiting to make something perfect, someone else is creating. Like, you have nothing, you know what I mean? Because yeah. you've got a hypothetical, and someone else has dog shit, and that's actually better than your nothing, like your hypothetical, imaginary, perfect item. And, and plus, I, you start and you make something, you pick, make a piece of shit, yeah. and then the next time is better, you know what I mean? And then the next time is better. But if you wait to start, you start and you go, actually, all this planning I did doesn't even work. Yeah. I'm still at square one. So you have to sort of do iterative design and try new shit. I also had a problem because I'm a bit of a perfectionist and it's something I really have to work on because creativity doesn't doesn't really go with being a perfectionist all the time. Well, do you have, do you have, well, I guess you've kind of already answered the question, but I feel like is, 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 is executing the project well the problem or is starting the project the problem? Like which one of those is the, the main issue usually? I think my issue is just well. Is what? Having it done and done the way I want it done. Wait, wait, but that's what I'm saying because those are two different things. Having it yeah. done and then having it done well oh, are two okay. different things. So, <laughs> so done well. That's my Okay, problem. so you don't have a problem starting. You just no. have a problem where you feel like you haven't done a, a good job? Yeah. And mm. usually what I, what happened is like, oh, what happens a lot of times is I plan it. Yeah. And then if I see, like, if I start doing this and then I get to this point and then it screws up the rest of the plan, mm. I'm like, no, nah, you have to rethink this. And then you just stop. And then it stops. But then... After, like, I spoke to 
a lot of people, a lot of my friends, and they're just, oh, just do it and try and blah, blah, blah. And when I tried it and it started working with them with other things, I'm learning to just let go and just let things go. And it's going to work out somehow. Because it stopped me doing a lot of creative stuff. Well, how did it, why did it stop you? Just because I, over, I overthought it. I mean, like, specifically, like, you're doing a project, you get to step four, and then you're like, oh, this isn't right, and then you just don't bother with I wouldn't five. even start, because I see when it's going to stop before I even start it. Oh, okay. And if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. But yeah. that, that seems more like a problem of starting than, of like, of does execution, it? yeah. Well, it probably is. Yeah, because I've, I've had that problem, too, and I think a lot of, I think m- most people, well, for me, I don't I don't know about you, but for me, like discipline is is one of the bigger problems. Like, I'll talk myself out of doing something, even if 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 there's just a little bit of doubt that I managed to get into my own head, I'll use that as a justification to not do something or to not finish it out. Like, oh, this is probably gonna be crappy, or mm. uh, it's gonna take too long, or I won't have enough money, or blah blah blah, in order to to do it, and then I end up not doing it. Um, and then also, if I wake up and I don't feel like doing it today, then it'll I won't do it you know at all and then so maybe i'll wake up and i'll be yeah. like oh, i got a great idea i feel really good i'll start like planning or whatever and then the next day i don't feel like it and so that project just gets scrapped and nothing ever happens with it um i think that's where most people are most people's problem is not doing shit well or like doing all the steps properly or being meticulous it's starting at all like making anything i think most like most of us who are trying to do anything start a business be creative we just have an idea in our head for forever and then you know one day we're 60 and we just never did it because it was just it just stayed an idea for forever because we were scared to make it less than perfect or something like that i think for the longest time also i was just afraid of how the audience or whoever's gonna look at this pieces of work is going to think of it and also i was convincing myself that i don't care what people think do you (laughs) so I feel like a lot of times I did because that's what also Past I times. always thought about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, what if they don't like it? And that's <laughs> me thinking about what other people think. And like for this project, it's kind of good I didn't study at the beginning because also I was being influenced by so many people's ideas. And I'm like, that's not what I, wa- what I want. Like, <laughs> this is the idea I had and this is what I want to do. Because it was also a very personal project to me in the sense that. I just wanted to do something that I enjoy doing. And so every time, some some of the times when I'd share the idea with people, they just take it to somewhere else and make it their own thing. And I'm like, nah, that's, that's not what I wanted. So a few people that I wanted to be involved at the beginning, I was like, maybe you'll get involved somewhere else when you kind of get the gist of what I'm trying to do. Because they just didn't get the idea of it. And it, I just didn't want to do it. Also, I just didn't want to make it so, I don't want to call it commoditized, but then I was speaking to someone, they're like, oh, what if you do it on YouTube? What if you do a blog post? I'm like, that kind of beats all the purpose of what I'm trying to do. What's the, what are you trying to do? Okay, so get people and we talk about stuff, whatever we're going to talk about, um, depending on who it is. But oh, the is people this just I talking chose, about like where you want to put the sorry. podcast? Is that what you mean? Somewhat. And also the de- in terms of delivery. So every a lot of people that I spoke to just went into commoditizing the podcast already. They're like, oh, if you do this, this is... Have you thought of bringing in advertisers? If you do this, you're just going to attract people. And I'm like, content. <laughs> like, 
yeah, kind of dilutes yeah. everything. I'm like, that's not what I'm trying to do. There was a whole other idea of getting people and speaking about things that I think are important and I don't hear being spoken about a lot. And also trying to understand the creative process that people go through. Because a lot of people who consume all these different creative works, they don't really know how much work or what goes through behind the scenes before it comes out as a complete product mm. or what the artist intends for a lot of things because there's a lot of misinterpretation as well. And it's not every artist that actually puts in so much effort into doing whatever they're doing because there's always ghostwriters and blah, blah, blah. But also the people that got involved are people I've seen performing or I've worked with at some point. And so something that I thought was important and that I liked in what they were doing. So for example, yourself, I came to like two shows of yours and you spoke Two of those poems, I think, were about fatherhood, and um, I don't see that off. I don't hear that often when people speak, or it's probably the people I've seen speaking. But I like the delivery of it, and I was able to connect, even if I might probably not have a son one day. But I was able to put myself in that position, and you kind of drew that attention, and I was in that space, and I was imagining myself with my imaginary son and the things you were saying and how I could possibly do that. You think you want to have kids? I'd I'd like to. Yeah. Actually, yeah. How many how many would you would you go for? Oh. Like how um, much how much of you th- how much thought have you put into it for instance, yeah. I don't know. I just um I'd like a maximum of 3 kids. A maximum of 3 kids. For my okay. stomach. Wait, just for, just for the body? <laughs> just yeah. I feel like though, right? Like by the time you get old your body's fucked anyway. You might as well have as many kids as you want, right? I don't think I'd be able to handle more than that. Yeah. No. I'd like more than one kid. Because we were two. Because you don't want a lonely And it was ass, me and my sister. <laughs> <child> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like, that being said, we yeah, were only two. Only kids are fucking weird. Don't but my But my sister was away most of the time. So I was kind of also the only child in the sense that she wasn't there. That explains there. a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Not one child. I don't want them to be lonely. Say again? I don't want them to be lonely. Yeah, no, they need, they need a, I see, it's because I want to do four kids. I want to do like boy, girl, boy, girl. I, I have no idea. Like I might have the, I've never had any kids. You know, I've babysat and I've had dogs, which I'm just going to assume is kind of close. But after the first one, I might go, fuck, I can't do, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And they have all kinds of different temperaments too. Like yeah. some kids are just generally quiet and, and chill. It's just, it's like a genetic thing, you know? So you you have a baby that three months old hasn't learned anything nothing about the world it's just screaming all the fucking time that'll really discourage you i think from from giving it another go yeah i guess it depends my mom said so my sister and i have five years like we're five years apart and she was like after my sister she do want another baby because she's so stressful and then when her sister grew older she's like okay this child needs another sister yeah or another brother because i can't deal with this child but that's what we so do. So really, it's like, I, <laughs> I just need this craziness to go somewhere else. And then she told me I was totally different. Like, I was, a, I was the one who slept. I was yeah. the one who, like, I was so composed. And she was like, wow, this is, it was such a good feeling for her. Not because, like, my sister stressed a lot. Yeah. And it was her first child. And she was like, oh, crap, I don't want any more kids. And then after that, she was like, yeah, I'm enough. Two, two is enough. <laughs> they can deal with each other. And she was done. But, yeah, I think I'd want to have kids. I think even when we start and don't like the first kid, like even if the first kid is really hard, I think once they relax a little bit, you kind of forget how hard it was. And then you're just like, fuck it, we'll try it again. You yeah. know, 
True. And then also it's like, it's not just an individual decision. It's not like you sit down and write paperwork. It's literally, you just go, it's fine. Just leave the condom in the, in the bedside, you know, <laughs> drawer or whatever. And that's it. And then now you got a fucking kid. Yeah. So I feel like you, you get to six years old and you're like, ah, oh, fuck it. It wasn't that hard, but like, yes, it was. It was six horrible, probably super tough years. Like my parents have the three kids and I know the last one, my dad was like, didn't want to have. But he was just like, fuck it. Like, I guess this is what we're doing now. And so now you have you've got another baby. But I think we, we always make decisions like that where we we know a little bit better, but we just go with what our heart feels. Mm. Are and, you the oldest yeah. kid? I am the oldest kid. Yeah, that's me. You? No, you're the, you're the youngest. Oh, the yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I just do. <laughs> that was interesting. Growing up two people, actually. I don't know how it felt. I saw my cousins, all like six kids, and I'm like, oh my God, they have so much fun in their house. There's yeah. so many of them. I go back home, like, it's just me because my sister's in boarding school. Aww. And then I speak to some of them, and they're like, no, you don't want many siblings. Like, what do you mean? You don't want to be alone. No, yeah. And I it's think, always yeah. different for everyone alone else. Alone is way worse than being than bothered being, or annoyed yeah. or being angry. Being alone is probably the worst human. Fi- like, it like Joe Rogan said the, the most fucking poignant shit. He goes, when you're in prison and you fuck up and do something bad, you're already in prison. The punishment while you're in prison is to be alone. Like you're surrounded by mm. rapists, pedophiles, serial killers, and the punishment in prison is to not get to hang out with those dudes. And that's that's a very clear indicator. We want we need people around us. Like I would rather hang out with rapists, murderers, thieves, fucking shooters than be, be just with me. Yeah. So We'll we'll do dumb shit in uh, in pursuit of like that connectedness with other people, which goes back to the why I think everybody who gets on a stage is just, looking, <laughs> it's just they just ha- they just needed a little bit more than the average person. More attention. Yeah, just a little bit more. What made you do fatherhood poems though? Ah, uh, I think I that's like my <laughs> uh, like fa- the father child thing. I think I've since I was little, I always liked the idea of like being a dad. Um, it, I mean, it's like my dream, but also my nightmare, honestly, because I really want to be a dad. And that's like one of the things that I really enjoy the idea of. But being a dad accidentally is like the scariest shit ever. Like that's actually when I think about it, you know, like they call it a pregnancy scare. They don't call it like a surprise pregnancy. It's like, fuck. Yeah, I yeah. fucked my whole life up. Now I can't do my Ph.D. or I have to like stay in this one job. It can really screw shit up if you're not intending to do it like right at that time. Um but I think I've just found that relationship always quite romantic could because it's this it's unique from other relationships because it's not it's not equal. Like the parent child relationship is not like friendship or romance where you have equals or partners or like compliments. Mm. One role is um, a guardian over the other, you know. But then the thing that's unique about it is that this child grows up into an adult. And so it's a little bit. You know, they don't stay a kid. They eventually become your equal or maybe even your superior or surpass you. And I just think there's a lot of magic involved there. So that's like, that shit gets me every time. Like if I'm reading a piece of fiction and there's like a good father-son thing, I like, because I can place myself in both. You know, I can think mm. of myself as a father and as the son. Um, and that's my go-to. Like that'll make me cry if if it's if it's done right. Like I can think of the, the last like three times I cried about a book or a movie. It was some parent-son shit. Yeah. Oh, it's cute. Yeah, it's absolutely adorable. For sure. I like kids as well. But there's an age limit where kids just get really annoying. And it's like, okay, guys, just calm down. For sure. Like between 12, I've worked with youth before. And I've worked with older youth, younger youth, and then little kids. 
I feel like in between when they're like adolescents, <laughs> they're just something else. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. calm down, guys. There's so much energy and it can either be really positive or just really negative or just really annoying. And you can't handle them because then they're just adolescents. And it's like, okay, we're old enough. We kind of know what we're doing. But then you know they don't. And then you remember yourself in that age and you, you're trying to understand them because you probably did similar things. Yeah, it's absolutely. like you come back. It's just really frustrating for me sometimes. And patience. I've learned a lot of patience just working with with the young adults. I'll call them young adults. Nah, they're just young. They're adults. Young adults, no. yeah. Whatever. I, I mean, know. I guess it's adults. I guess it's made up. It's what you it's what you decide. Like True. like I remember in some class I was learning that uh, the, the concept of like adolescence is a pretty recent invention. Like probably dates back to maybe the industrial age. You pretty much just had before that kids and adults. You like you hit puberty and then you were an adult. There was no middle ground but i think that's a that's a result of like um industrialization and the information age that as our society gets more complex we've got room for people to be Mm. in the middle i mean in the past it would just be like cool you're a little kid you're playing with dolls oh you hit puberty cool now we're gonna marry you off and you gotta get pregnant like that was your life yeah or oh cool you're a little boy oh shit nope you hit puberty you've got a little bit of muscle on you you gotta go till the farm And, and that was that's it was very clear line like that so by the time you're 16 17 you're supposed to be fucking popping out some babies, getting a job, milking cows or, you know, whatever people did. Um, but now, you you know, you start at 16 and it's like, oh, I'm a little bit like an adult. I'm exploring <laughs> the world. And that can extend on until 25, 30 that you're still sure. hanging hanging with your parents and learning and figuring out what you want to do in the world and all that kind of shit. Which it's a good it's a good little privilege that we've that we've got now. I feel like for I bet by 2050, <laughs> like people are going to live at home until they're like 40 and it'll be normal. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something similar. Like, my kids are going to be, like, 45, still living at the house, and I'm going to be, like, 108 and shit, just, like, you know, clean up your room, you know, or whatever. You think you'll be here at 108? I, I'm planning on it. I have no intention of dying. I was talking about this uh, to, to someone yesterday. <laughs> okay. um, that, uh, I mean, now I say that as a joke, but I used to, if you'd asked me, like, four years ago, I would have been completely serious with that because I'm very interested in antisenescence therapies, like, so the work and research that's being done to reverse or stop the ill effects of aging and death. Um, and there are some scientists that say that are, that the science is progressing quickly enough that people who are in their 30s and 40s now might live well into their 100s as a result of, of that kind of therapy stuff. And I'm definitely signing up for that shit if I can afford it. So it's just therapy that helps you? Oh, th- not therapy in the like, talk therapy sense of the word therapy and like as in chemotherapy you know like a medical set of procedures that might help reverse the things that cause aging i mean we already have anti-senescence therapies now like every kind of surgery that we do to fix Mm. organ failure is anti-senescence therapy you know we replace people's hearts we bypass their arteries we uh give them insulin shots like all kinds of shit that you know that aging does anti-wrinkling stuff um so I think the the more like cutting edge stuff is things like stem cell therapy and like blood dialysis to clean out uh, debris in between the cells and all that kind of shit. So I would definitely, but I don't know if I'll be able to afford it. I don't know how expensive <laughs> it'll be. Sounds I mean, expensive. Yeah, but I mean it's worth it. I mean, what else? What else am I doing with my money? I can't use it if I'm dead. So. True. But I guess I guess I have to accumulate to that get, money first. I have to get the money. Yeah, yeah. The I'll rob some banks uh, or something like that, and I'll get there. But that's definitely. I like the idea. And plus, then I, you know, with with guys, I mean, it's different for girls, but with guys, 
you know, I can have babies well into my into my nineties. Like I can have you know how many kids I can have if I live to one hundred and fifty. How many kids would you want to have if, if you I live to one hundred fifty and I had the money for it? Actually, I don't want to have so many kids that I start forgetting kids' names. So I think probably want to keep it <laughs> under ten. You know, I think if I got over ten, I start confusing kids and shit. And like when you're older, no, not when I'm older. Just the number of them. You know what I mean? Like really? Yeah, you, you've seen those 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 shows where it's like um, better by the dozen or some or <laughs> f- fuck or whatever the. Like when they got Mormons and the guy has like five wives and he's got six kids with each mm. wife. And so he has like 30 fucking kids. I feel like you'd confuse them. You know what I mean? Or like you wouldn't be able to know them as intimately as I think you ought to know your children. To know 30 mm, people as intimately as you know your wife or your husband is quite difficult. You know what I mean? And you'd have to have a giant house. And a lot of money to sustain the children. Yeah, and, and a lot of money to sustain the children. <laughs> well, but I guess in this I guess society each as well. of like. If if each generation kind of like leaves the house, so like when the older ones leave, okay. you only have so many in the house, but they fucking come back if and they, yeah, they're <laughs> gonna, gonna yeah, the they're gonna be they're gonna be forty five, fifty still living at home, yeah. uh, at home with me and shit, and they're gonna do the the Cosby shit where they leave and go off to college and then they fucking end up right back in the house, not not that Cosby shit, the Cosby show shit, uh, is yeah. what I should say. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, no, they're not. They're I don't, I don't intend on raising any rapists, but. I mean, just coming back home. Like yeah. in the show. The Huxtables. I should say the Huxtables shit. That's probably more accurate. I watched the show and I was like, seven? Ten? Wait, hold, I don't know. It was a long time ago. How I'm trying 21. Okay, okay. Okay, right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah. <it>. yeah. <laughs> I was pretty young, but I remember it. Yeah, it was like a, yeah. And Sanford and Sons. Those are a few old shows. Damn, yeah. Sanford and Sons is an old it's like old. show. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. Um, Seinfeld. <laughs> I don't know all the soul shows. Friends, well, Friends wasn't that old, really. I don't get, I don't get the hype about Friends. I feel it's because a lot of, a lot of younger people now just didn't know Friends existed, and then they're discovering it now. And oh yeah, it's yeah. like a cool thing. It's like Jennifer Aniston is like what four, fifty. She's 40 at least ninety six right now. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, but most people, most people, uh, like every kind of old shit like that gets rediscovered every year, like you said, by new people. Yeah. Like Sam Jackson was saying in some interviews, like. Every year, there's like a new group of 13-year-olds who are just discovering Pulp Fiction for the first time. So I'm like re-famous yeah. every year among this group of teenagers. And they're like, oh, Sam Jackson, I really yeah, love you true. so much. I've seen it with, um, there's a new season of Gilmore Girls, which I watched when I was younger. But then when I was younger, I thought it was new <laughs> until yeah. I found out even what I was watching was there before. And then now there's just a new season of it and everyone thinks it's new. Like, no, nah, no, nah, nah. We watch it and... My oh, wait, so there are people watching it, the Gilmore Girls the now that never that never watched the original. <laughs> yeah, and then they discover there's an original one. So well, yeah, that's oh, like okay. that's like the new Incredibles movie, which I'm excited to see, and I'm definitely gonna go with with friends to go see the thing. But you know what I'm talking about, yeah? No, you've never seen the movie The Incredibles. <laughs> I'm those people who don't watch <laughs> movies. What like, the fuck? All these. Let me tell you. Yeah. Like, are the sound dudes like still I'm in the, the booth? Can you guys? Are they in there? No, they're not. Yeah. Uh, he should be. He is Have you seen The Incredibles? Can you hear us? You've seen The Incredibles, right? <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, right. I think everybody has. What the fuck are you doing? I don't know. There's one friend of mine who just got tired. Like, she asked me, like, five movies. And she was like, okay, at least. Have you watched Inception? And I was like, nope. I watched Titanic. Also, yeah, you're 21. You should have. Well, oh, fuck. Actually, The Incredibles movie might be kind of old enough that you wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been during your childhood, maybe. I'm not sure, actually. I wouldn't know. Like I, no, like I know. I'm you still out of it. <laughs> I'm very picky. Also, I'm very picky now with like movies I watch and for like, oh, let's get the, oh, the movies. I'm what does like... pickiness have to do with not seeing The Incredibles? 
I have no idea. I'm just trying to you, say. You don't I haven't even, seen you didn't a even know movies. what it was. How could you be picky? And that's why you, you have you don't even know what it is. You know what? I've, I've seen a part of it because uh-huh. you had to do like oh, an now assignment. You've seen a part of it. No, no, no. no listen. Okay. Yeah. It's like five minutes of it. Yeah. Actually, five minutes is a lot. Maybe it was three minutes. Five minutes is not a lot. It's a movie. It's two hours long. That's. Do you know how long movies are? <laughs> that's how much I've seen of it. Okay. And it was like an assignment, and they're like teaching us how to do video editing, uh, and okay. then they use it. And you are curious. You were like, "This looks kind of good. Maybe I'll watch the rest of it." You were like, "Take it or leave it." Okay, fair enough. That's that's. I can't get mad at, mad at you for, for thinking The Incredibles is whack. I didn't think it was whack. I didn't think it was good. I just thought it was just that movie. It's like, oh, The Incredibles. <laughs> it's cool. Well, the, the only point I was making is they, uh, <laughs> they're coming out with a, with a sequel now like 15 years later. So all the people who watched it as kids are now uh, you know grown adults. Um, so there's going to be a bunch of people who are like kids discovering it for the first time and people in their 20s and 30s who are watching it now as well. I so it's going to be a very mixed like theater crowd. There was one movie, Cars. Hmm. There's like a Cars three or something. I watched that one. I don't know if you did. Was ca- <laughs> I I think I saw that. I think it was past my childhood, but I definitely saw like five minutes of of it or so. Oh, did yeah. you? Yeah, it was whack. So I saw. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did you? Honestly, did you I help make that movie? <laughs> no. But, you know, I only watched it also <laughs> just because my younger cousin had to watch a movie. And so, you know how you have to go, had to take him to the movies? Not that I was taking him. Like, the mom needed someone to go with him to the movies, and I was mm-hmm. my cousin. They're like, oh, oh yeah, okay. just go together. That's the only reason I ended up watching Cars. I feel like out of that, I probably wouldn't have. And I know there's a two and a three coming out this year. And I was like, oh, that movie. Uh, I can't even remember how the first movie went, to be honest. I know it's Cars speaking. There's race. Stuff. There's some racing. There was a spy one. Yeah. I definitely remember there being a spy one spy. where there was like a British car. He yeah. was James Bond. Yeah, there's a British car. He had guy. like all kinds of weird, goofy fucking like rocket launchers and shit in himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 he was racing. <laughs> I remember that for sure. Yeah. And there's there's always drama involved and then there's a resolution somewhere at the end. I remember. Anyway, let's move on. So I've always been curious <laughs> about your hair. Like always? How long? Uh, oh yeah, I guess. Well, like since I passed away, I was like, uh-huh. oh I always just, like, just natural dread. Long, like, <laughs> like, oh, years. I've been stalking you for all my life. I'm kidding. Oh my god. I'm kidding. I thought that you were kidding until you said that, until you said you were kidding. Like, I assumed that you were kidding, but the fact that you... I am, genuinely. I feel like... (laughs) This is making me not think that you are. Like, if you had just said it straight, I would have been like, oh, yeah, of course, of course, of course she's kidding. Isn't that creepy as fuck to to say, oh, "Oh, yeah, I've been stalking you my whole life. No, no, actually, seriously, I actually have not been doing that. That's the worst (laughs) shit that you could say after something like that. Okay, I wish you would say That's some real serial killer shit. Let's move on. I wouldn't kill you. <laughs> I could totally kill you. No, I'm kidding. I would I would never kill a human being. That's some psycho shit to say. <laughs> I'm, I was being I was being legit. Oof. Jesus. Super I'm making awkward. it Okay, moving on. Yeah, Go ahead and ask a question on. about anyway, my hair yeah. that you want to cut off and put um, into a shrine. Oh, my goodness. Oh, um, God. <laughs> Go ahead. So you have natural dreads. Well, yeah. these people can't see you, but then I can. Yeah. Um, how do you end up there? Like, what made you want to uh, just have dreads? Nothing. Just I just let my hair dread. Really? Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, I think once they started to dread, I was like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm with this. And then I, you know, separate them or, like, style them a little bit. But, yeah, no, it was just because uh, it's just, yeah, I just didn't comb my hair. Yeah, that's all. Have you had, like, people stereotyping you because of your hair? Mm, a little bit here and there. Like, not a ton. Oh, what stereotype? What, what, what would the hair stereotypes be? I know. Like I feel like you've got some in your head already. Come on. <laughs> um, let's see. 
there's that idea of uh, hair not being neat when it's in dreads Ooh. and then for you it's like even more different because it's locked naturally right. so you it doesn't have like a fall tidy? no like oh, my goodness. Oh, no. oh my goodness oh my god offensive. no you fell into conclusions you know what i actually like natural hair dreads oh okay my my friend has dreads as well wow you just yeah. i've got a black friend of me that's crazy oh wow my god. damn that's wild <laughs> this is just going everywhere anyway um yeah i so love dreads what stereotypes i have a friend with dreads right there <laughs> I was trying she to just say. toking the fuck out of you, dude. That's so fucked up. Can't believe she just did that to you. No, I did not. You are a king. You deserve to be treated better than this. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I regret this. No, I don't. I'm, I was gonna say I'm kidding. Um, I have probably been stereotyped. Like, um, I think the uh, the b- one I get most often is that I'm like a creative. But I mean, I can't yeah. be mad at that one because I guess I am. So, uh, but yeah, that's the other one. Like, like other like, people be like, "What are you doing?" I'd be like. I'm studying psychology. They'd be like, no, no, but what do you do? I'd be like, <laughs> I, mean, I make poetry. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. I know like what you mean. Yeah. I draw sometimes, yeah. Do um, you? I do, yeah. Those are my main two things. Poetry, illustration. Um, and then occasionally I get the, like, the assumption that maybe I smoke uh, weed, you know, weed. Uh, true. Uh, I think of that, actually. Yeah, I got that one actually just recently when I was uh, coming off the train station. A couple of like, I'm not gonna say bogan, but like you know, bogan light sort of Australian fellows were like, "Hey, what's up? Cool hair, blah blah blah." We had a little bit of a conversation, and I was like, "Oh, what are you up to?" And they were like, "You know, we're gonna go sm- smoke weed. You probably know all about that." And I was like, <laughs> "I actually st- have stopped smoking." Uh, I wasn't even mad about it. I was just, you know, it was a nice little summer interaction, and they probably don't see a lot of uh, melanated folks, so. Were they asking you to smoke with them? No, no, they weren't. They were just mentioning that they were smoking, and they were like, oh. ass- assuming that I probably also did. Um, no, no, I've, I've I've stopped smoking weed because. Um, well, so <laughs> my my weed journey has been pretty small. I'm generally pretty paranoid. I think I'm probably a little bit, like you said, like a perfectionist, and that's been gotten in the way that I want to. Not even a perfectionist, but like I'm, and I I chalk this up to my father's style of raising me because he would say shit like. Yeah, he's he's he's. Uh, fucking out of his mind and a little bit alcoholic so he so he would say shit like when i was little and i was like maybe scared of the dark or something like that he wouldn't he would say like you shouldn't really be scared of like monsters or vampires because those aren't real you should be scared of like people in the streets because there's like murderers and rapists and like people who want to knock you the fuck out steal your shoes you should be scared of that so it wasn't even like don't be scared it was just like don't be stupid (laughs) fear the right things so I think I've been raised to be quite paranoid when I think about shit, like when I, the way I think about money, the way I think about relate. Like my dad's, he said, this is actually very solid advice, but very cynical. He said that the best possible birth control outside of like contraceptions is to only fuck women who have more to lose by a pregnancy than you. Like he would say crazy shit like that, completely unironically, which that shit is actually is fantastic advice. But uh, who says that to their kid? Like, yeah, how old were you? This I don't know, twelve, thirteen, some shit like that. Um, and so I've grown up very, you know, like paranoid, mistrusting things like that. He had all these little sayings, which are actually pretty. Uh, like I, I'd say that they're pretty clever and have been useful. Um, but now I've gotten so far away from the point that I don't remember what what your question was. What was I talking about? Stereotypes. No, it was a little bit farther than that. Was stereotypes about your hair farther than uh, that? Yeah, no, it was something. It was because I was I was getting to a point, so I was saying he's maybe paranoid. Oh, we spoke about weed, your weed journey. Oh, and right, how right, you right, right. So I was, vi- I it took me a while to get into. Like I feel like most people kind of start drugs, their drug journey either in high school or like university. It's either in high school or 
it's when they move out of their parents' place and they have that freedom or whatever. But I was always super scared of like overdose, addiction, shit like that. I was always real paranoid. That same way with like sex, just I wanted to be super safe, you know, all that kind of shit. Um, and so when I finally did get into weed, I was like, I'm only going to eat it because if I smoke it, then that, there's cancer risk. Like that's the kind of thinking that I'm that I'm applying. Um, but when you eat weed, it's a little bit more um, like unpredictable. You can't like regulate as you're going. You can't go like, take a little puff okay how high am i all right take a little bit more okay cool you can't like you know sort of ease into it um you kind of just go mm, how high do i want to be in an hour like mm-hmm. that's that's the way the way you measure it. so you take some and then you go oh i'm not high enough Beow, and then shit fucking the room starts shifting and, and now you're high as fuck um and you can't you can't decrease you know you can't decrease you can't slow down you can't increase it um so the last time i had any weed was a brownie at a party that just like fucked me up way way too much like i was just being weird as hell um and i just thought that i thought that i had died or like that i was dying and so i thought that my whole life my whole what i had convinced myself of was that my entire life up till at the time 27 was actually a memory and that I was actually like a 95-year-old man dying, you know? So you know how they say when you die, your life flashes before your eyes? I yeah. thought that my actual life was the flash well, of, of life. And so so that this was your trip? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, yeah, this is just me being high and just being like, oh, shit, I'm dead. Like, I'm, done, I'm dead, and this is what I'm experiencing right now is actually just a memory. Okay. Um, and so that was no good. And then it like even for two or three days la- later, I was still like, am I am I actually I felt like I was still in the Matrix or some shit. Like, am I still is this real? Blah, blah, whatever. Um, and then I was like, I'm not um, I don't need my brain is my brain is not built for this shit. Like this is this isn't even a heavy drug. Like This is a, this must yeah. be a recreational drug. And it's just fucking up my whole like it's giving me ego death and shit like that. And then I smoked one more time after that um, on a sh- on a I was on a sailboat with a bunch of Finnish people in the Baltic Sea, which I don't know why the fuck I thought that would be like, if if the last time I had weed fucked me up, why the mm. fuck would I decide to smoke in a, in a yeah, in a boat, <laughs> in the middle of the fucking ocean, with, with a bunch people. of fucking foreign people speaking a language that I don't understand. Like, that's the most unsafe, like, not... Did you know the people? I knew one of them. I was dating one of them, and we went to go on her friend's uh, sailboat or whatever. And so I have just a little hit, you know, but I'm... I got pretty low tolerance because I don't smoke it very often. Mm. And I swear to God, they were switching between Finnish and English like every other word. Uh, they would just be like, yeah, so I think that that's a really good. Well, yeah, we went down to the store. Like it was, it was weird. So I was catching like half of sentences in English the whole time. And I found out later they were speaking English for the first five minutes. Then they realized I was high and then they switched to Finnish. So I don't know what the fuck I was hearing that I heard Ooh. English every so often. Um, and then so I, I was just sitting there like, you know, when you're on a when you're on a boat, usually you stabilize yourself. So the boat rocks left, you rock right to kind of mm-hmm. keep yourself up. But high me just couldn't do that. So I was just like swaying with the ocean while everybody else was like still as fuck, just having normal <laughs> conversations because their bodies were adjusting. And I was just like, hey, what's up, guys? You know, doing the sort of back and forth thing. Um I'm and sorry, then I'm I just wanted to. This it's just so. I'm imagining it. It's, it looks so funny, but yeah. And but the shit that fucked me up was so. <laughs> first of all, there's no, there's not a, there's not a toilet on these kinds of ships. It's yeah. like a, it's a small sort of sail sailboat, and it's got an under under cabin that you can sleep maybe two or three people in. There's no kitchen, no bathroom. So which means when you want to piss, you have to piss off the side of the thing. 
So if you're a guy, easy enough. We've got the equipment. So we just you go up to the railing, unzip, piss off the side of the thing. No yeah. problem. Uh, if you're a girl, what you have to do is there's a ladder off the back of the boat. So you, you pull your pants. So you, you climb down off the boat, and then you unbuckle your pants and pull your pants down so that you can squat off the ladder and piss down into the thing. Um, now, that's knowing that, it's fine. But when you see someone do that all of a sudden while you're high and don't know what they're doing, it looks weird as shit. Like, it looks like they're about to kill themselves or like they're shitting in the water. I didn't know what the fuck was, was going on. She was just pissing, but it freaked me the fuck out. And then the thing that actually fucked me up was at the end, at the end of this uh, sailing thing, I was just kind of like looking at everybody and I just thought, man, this is like a, a very... F- Kodak moment like this is a very picturesque moment and instead of that being positive thing in my head I was like you know what Kodak moments are they're shit that you that you show your grandkids after you're done living life and so I was just thinking about that like damn we're all gonna be old and like showing these memories and that just made me sad as fuck so I was like I don't I don't need to I don't need to smoke weed anymore it's not good for me it's making it's making um the most paranoid parts of my personality uh blossom in a stupid way so that's that's been my thing you smoke no, I smoked weed once. What happened? <laughs> that was like the end. It sounds of it. like it didn't go well. I it did. Uh, I feel like it didn't. I know. I just came from high school. I had older friends. They're like two years oh, older. Oh, got it. Um, and they're like, oh. wait, wait, how old were you? Uh, were they in high school as well? No, they. You had grown they friends. Finished high school. I went to high school when I was a bit younger as well. So I finished high school when I was seventeen. Mm. Yeah, I think I was. Yeah, I was seventeen. So they were nineteen, twenty. Yeah, twenty. Okay, twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five. Just study. You're old as fuck. Um, and uh, so we went to my friend's house. He's my really good friend as well. Um, so they have this bench there where the apartments are, and then there's a huge tree under there, and they just call it the bench, and that's where they go and smoke. So it was him, his cousin, and one of my other friends, and yeah, myself. It's just the four of us. And so they bought this really big cookie. Like it was. I've never seen. Or like such a, a weed cookie? cookie. Like a weed cookie. Okay. It was so big. I've never seen such a big cookie. <laughs> and then they didn't tell me it was a weed cookie, okay? Um, and they're like, oh, you know, have you ever tried weed and blah, blah, blah? So we're having this weed conversation. I'm like, nah, I don't know what the fuss about it is. They're like, do you want to try? I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, <laughs> sure, 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 blah, 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 blah. Okay, so they cut it into half. And then they have like five of them as well. Mm-hmm. Five giant cookies but, each cut in half. And there's four of us, okay? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> and they're so like, ten giant okay, cookies. You, you've never had weed, so you start with like a quarter of it. And I swear to God, a quarter of the half or a quarter of the cookie? A quarter of the of the of the half. Okay. But then this cookie was so big, like the quarter was like a small cookie mm. by itself. So I was like, okay, cool. So I eat it. I'm like, I, I was expecting it to be disgusting because it's weed and I've had it doesn't taste. I don't know, man. Anyway, I it eat it. It doesn't taste like anything. It tastes fine, right? So first ten minutes, I'm good, of course. Thirty minutes, I'm like, what is this weed stuff? Like, I don't feel anything. <laughs> about shit is blah. whack. They're like, oh, you went to the other half. I'm like, yeah. Oh, bring you it. stupid. Oh my god. They shouldn't have done that to you. They so should have known better. They knew it. They knew uh, what they were doing. Okay. I just okay. didn't. <laughs> Got it. So we go to. So first of all, we were when I ate the cookie, we were driving to his house, like mm. to the bench and the tree. And so when we had it, we had it in the car. And then I remember someone asked, what time is it? And it was 7.30, but then 24-hour system, so it was 19.30. Mm-hmm. And I looked, I'm like, oh, crap, it's 9.30, guys. We've been here for like three hours. And everyone's laughing. I'm like, hey, it's funny. I'm like, why are we all laughing? It's like, it's 7.30. I'm like, oh, cool. I was just like, oh, it's fine. I just thought it was like, is this me who looked badly? So I got to the place. We're chilling on this bench. And then <laughs> 30 minutes later, it kicked in. 
<laughs> so I'm just sitting there and I stand. I'm like, why do you guys look wavy? And they're like, what? I'm like, I don't know. Your heads look like this. And I'm laughing hysterically. And I remember one of their neighbors came down and they're like, can you guys keep it down? And I'm like, haha, you're funny. And they're like, they're trying to make me shut up because then they get into trouble because yeah. like the neighbors like, just shut up, Daisy. And then so not, what I knew girl was in bad. Fucking apartment, like, fucked up on weed. So being I stood loud up. As shit. Doesn't sound like, like a good look. This was like an hour maybe after all this. And this is when it was really bad. So we're standing and they have this um, building next to theirs. And we could see our reflections on it. Huh. I don't know how the mood was working that night or the lights. I don't know. But our reflections, our shadows were there. So I can see my shadow. <laughs> and it was the three of us standing. And I'm like, hey, guys, we're walking on the building. <laughs> so this is me thinking we're on top of the building. And our shadows is us guys. Right. Walking. And I'm like, like stop Pan. moving towards me. I'm going to fall. <laughs> <laughs> they're high as well. But then they're a bit conscious because they've done this for a while. And they're just like, man, they're you're experience. so screwed. Like, this girl's messed up. I have to go home, by the way. Um, so I'm walking. I'm looking at a rock. There's a rock on the other side. I think it's a dog. I'm like, oh my god, guys, look at that dog. It's so cute. And they're just like, what have we done? We to this should not girl? make you think that a rock is a dog. And then, so this I mean, is was like, it dog shaped? Like, did it look a little bit like a dog? It was just a or rock. Or was it straight up a rock? This guy's even took a video of me. Like, this is how bad I was. And I was watching it. I'm just like, shit, what, what was going on here? Did you hallucinate? Like, did you see a dog? Or did you just look at the rock I and your brain was rock. like, that's a dog. That was a dog. Okay. But then the funny thing is, there was like three other rocks there, but only but you that knew, one. But you knew those were rocks. <laughs> I knew those were rocks. I knew that specific rock was a, was a dog. Okay. You were certain and of so this. And so it was like 8.30 or were 9. Were the other rocks like puppies or anything? No, they were just they were like, just no, rocks. obviously these are. Oh, like there's a This tree, is just mineral. You know, and there's stuff. a there's a dog under the tree, <laughs> which okay. was a rock. And so I go home and my mom was home, yeah? So I walk in and she's like, she called me. I think she called me and she was like, where are you and stuff? And I'm like, I don't even know what I said because, <laughs> again, I was high. So I went home. I took a cab home. And then I got home. I don't even know if I paid the taxi driver. Like, I don't remember a lot of things. But I must have paid him because he wouldn't have left if I didn't pay him. Probably pay him more. And I didn't know. So I get home. And my mom's sitting there. And she's like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Why? <laughs> my eyes are like bloodshot red. <laughs> and I, I didn't know this this whole time. Yeah. And she's like, okay. So I sit down. I go get food. I've never eaten so much. Oh, food, food is so amazing. Like that. And also, I think it's a f- it's food that I didn't like. So my mom's like, Oh yeah. Okay. I I ate a f- like a full bag this this big. Like it's this big and this wide full of um candy not candy corn, fucking caramel corn, which I don't like. It's like so do you know what this is? Like instead of popcorn is Caramel popcorn? Yeah, yeah, caramel popcorn. Oh, so that's, like popcorn caramel dipped popcorn. In, in caramel. Yeah. Uh, I don't like sweets. Ate the whole fucking bag. Usually that'd be disgusting, but it was fantastic. And I was eating, and my mom was like, okay, so this was the worst part. My eyes, my body was shutting down. Like, I have food here, I have a spoon here, mm. or a fork, or whatever it was. And my mom was speaking to me. I can hear her speaking, but I can see my eyes shutting down. Literally, I was just like this. Like, my eyes are going. And she's saying something. And I'm like, oh, crap. She said something. She's waiting for me to answer. And I knew 100%. She knew I was high. <laughs> but she You're probably didn't want to believe it. <laughs> and I was just like, like, she's like, did you hear me? I'm like, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I asked you a question. <laughs> also, I didn't want to go sleep because she'd know there's something wrong. But she probably knew all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And I mean... So, I go to the bathroom and I look at my eyes. I'm like, what the hell? Like, my eyes are so red. 
I was like, I should just come in, <laughs> gone to bed, <laughs> woken up, eaten something, and then go back to bed or something. Anyway, we never spoke about it. And after that day, I was like, nope, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, that was that was fun. That sound, sounded like a <laughs> very crazy. good reason to do more of it. No, I was so just was, not comfortable with what, the idea what that, of me not knowing. What in that knowing. story is what made made you uncomfortable? Because I'm listening to the story. It sounds like a fun, <laughs> like, you had a way better time than I've had. You just were, like, funny. You thought a, a rock was a dog. You didn't have any, like, emotional crisis. <laughs> Your mo- you ate, ate some good food. That sounds better than like regular. I did. I didn't like the idea of me not being conscious of what I'm doing. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. And I don't like. I don't like that feeling. Like even when I don't drink anymore, I don't do anything. I suppose. But when I used to, I didn't ever get to the level of drunk where of I don't know what's control. going. Yeah, what's yeah. going on? And I don't like. I just don't like not knowing what I'm doing. And I watched that video and I was like. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not doing that again. Okay. Um, and so uh, that was Have just you done the any, end of it. Any other drugs since then? No, mm. I just I drank alcohol. Alcohol and weed. A lot ones. of my classmates did a lot of things like snitching. A lot of things. Jesus. No, I'm not gonna talk about that yet because yeah, <laughs> they probably listen to this and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, go for it. But like, I've seen they experimented as well, like pills. Um, I've seen people doing coke. Not necessarily like not my classmates and stuff, but like I've yeah, seen sure, people doing cool clients, and I've n- I've known of a person. Well, we weren't friends, but like we kind of knew each other. Um, he was hooked on heroin, and it was really bad, cause then he had to. He spent so much money. First of all, getting this heroin, yeah, because it's hella expensive. And also, I don't know how like you how how you fund a drug habit like that. Like I get it when you because like Philip Seymour Hoffman died from a heroin overdose, and like a lot of other famous celebrities have died in that way. But I'm like, yeah, you have plenty <laughs> of money. Like if I had if I had a million dollars, I'd die of a heroin over overdose too because you just spend all your money doing that. Like why bother doing anything else? It probably feels fucking amazing. Like I, it must feel probably better than anything else you would experience in life regularly. So I get why you would do that, but. How do you, if you, if you don't have, you know, any kind of real career, you're just doing like, you work at McDonald's, how the fuck do you have a heroin? Like, that seems like it'd be a rich people's <laughs> drug. His parents were. And also, I oh, think okay. the Got fact it. that his parents weren't around. And you know when, I've seen this with a lot of my friends who have parents. Money, exactly. And they'd be like, oh yeah, sure, honey. Like, what are you doing it for? Oh yeah, I'm just, just books for school. That's it. And he got to a point where he, he couldn't have this heroin and... Like, he's, he was shaking. Like, it was really bad just watching him not have this. And I met him twice. The first time, he was high. So, I, I was just like... So, oh, he was cool. This guy's like... Yeah, he was cool. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Then the next time I'm meeting him, it's like... He he was sick. I don't know. It was just really uncomfortable to watch him. He didn't have him. his medicine. <laughs> and then I found out he was an heroin addict. And I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. But then, me just seeing him, I was just like, man... Is I he black, white? No, black. Mm. Yeah. A majority of my classmates were... But no, yeah, yeah. I figured that's how I had, that's how I had the story in my head. But I was like, oh, I could have been a white guy. Sure, it could have been, but it was it was just really bad. I don't know what happened to him. I wouldn't know. I don't know if he's still hooked on it. I don't know. But it was. Just I mean, yeah, of course he terrible is. Terrible. Like watching like someone go through that. He looked like he was in pain as well. Yeah, apparently like, detox hurts like a motherfucker. Like it's 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 a real pain. Like it's very very unpleasant. Uh, basing this off of movies I've seen, but it seems it seems really really unpleasant. Yeah, that was sad. But I definitely think I want to do heroin 
at the end of my life, you know? Would you? Absolutely. Right before I go out? Yeah, for sure. Oh, right before you go out. Yeah, or maybe like the pa- like if, depending upon how much money I had, maybe the, the last six months, you know, because you never know when exactly you're going to go out, but you can kind of like estimate it like, okay, I've been around a while. I'm 95. Like, I can't see out of my left eye. My liver is not so good. <laughs> Dick doesn't get hard anymore. Like, I probably got another year, two years left in me. Mm. Do some heroin. Go out with a bang. Or not even a bang. I guess whatever heroin feels like. Go out on a wave. And it probably feels, yeah, I mean, it has to feel amazing. It's interesting. What do you mean? Like, I'm thinking about it. Like a 95-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I'd like to see that. Like, just, what if you don't die, man? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like a hundred like, and a, a fucking junkie. Have to, exactly. <laughs> Trying to, what if you my think, grandkids oh, are trying I'm to dying. visit me and shit. And I'm trying to borrow like fifty dollars off my little grandchild and shit to get more, more heroin. I don't know. It's true. It yeah, Grandpa Christopher really <laughs> fucked up this time. It's like, oh, what do you want this time? Oh, I just need money for groceries. Oh, okay, shit. just eating cat food and doing heroin every every day. So I can't afford proper food. Yeah, but I mean, look, if you're, if you're, it happens though. Like, cause you could be 95 and think, oh, I'll probably die in the next year <laughs> and then end up living another 10 years and just being a nonagenarian fucking heroin addict, which would be actually hilarious. Especially if you were part of a regular, would they put you in a home? You couldn't get heroin in a home. Actually, you probably could. How? If you have money, you can get anything in, in any place. Like they sell drugs in prison. That's crazy. Oh yeah, true. Ooh, have you, what's the name of that movie? No, it's a series. I forgot. What's it about? It's prison. How it's get... um, it's prison, and oh. this kid steals. He wants to go for a party, so he steals his dad's taxi. Oh, the night of. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh man, I just saw how this is sneaking drugs into prison. I'm like, what? That shit was such a that was such a good like, fucking little miniseries because I I I legitimately felt like I watched him transform into a different kind of person. Yeah. And like it felt real, like it felt slow, like and something that yeah, could I'm actually seeing him happen. get yeah, he's getting fucking tattoos, he's getting fucking fucked up on drugs to, and figuring out how to how he's mm. gonna squirrel out his little survival in this in this space, and it reminded me a lot of uh, of serial, uh, the the podcast I was telling you about about um, you know the kid who supposedly killed yeah. his girlfriend his girlfriend I think he did it but because he was because um, Riz Ahmed plays a Pakistani dude yeah this was a really Pakistani good, dude. Um, and they end up in, in in an American prison system, and and very young. So yeah, it was, it was very parallel. I think he did a really good job, also. But it also it kind of it's something that could happen, and I'm sure it's it may have happened like to someone before, oh, yeah. and probably many other people. But yeah, just seeing that transition happen to OJ, like him being. <laughs> Is that a prison? They, yeah, they, they, yeah. Of course, it was the juice is loose. Can't believe they framed him for stabbing repeatedly those two white How people. How long has he been in prison? Not long, like under under ten years. Like, because he was in the two, he got. Or I think he went to prison in the two thousands. Oh, he actually. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know, but I know he's out. I don't think it's been that long because I, I I still remember when he went back in. So I'm gonna say yeah, like oh seven something like that. Hmm. So probably yeah, under ten under ten years. That's not how he's done. He looks amazing. He does. He actually. is very good. Lo- he's like ninety. He looks <laughs> great. So how you gotta look when you're ninety? 
that if if I can Having look hair. half as good as fucking OJ does, whatever he's doing, I mean, <laughs> maybe murdering white people keeps you young. I don't know. Oh don't my know god! His, I don't know what his secret is. I mean, nobody else looks that good at his age, and very few people have killed two people. Maybe homicide is the key. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> maybe he goes high on something. Mm, maybe. All right. But, but actually, no, actually he, he looked he looked good from the get go because even even I was so I watched the. Did you have you seen the the documentary? It won like, like best the, documentary at the, the Oscars this the year. The series one or the actual documentary of him? No, no, you the know how they do like a series of it. I oh, like the, you mean it. like the Cuba Gooding Jr. thing? I no, don't no. watch it. Okay, so it's it's called OJ Made in America, and it's it's a five part miniseries documentary, um, and it won best documentary for 2016. It deserved it, um, but it just paints this beautiful picture. And like the reason it's called Made in America is because it's talking about how the OJ trial was this. It was this. Uh, it wasn't an event in and of itself. It was more like an indication of years of other sort of events leading up to it. So they started the story of OJ and its significance all the way back at like the Watts riots in the forties or sixties or whatever. And they talked about Muhammad Ali and uh, the 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 Black Power Fist at the Olympics and all, how all of these things added to this climate in america about what race meant and what the intersection between race and sports was supposed to be and interracial relationships and what it meant to transcend race so you know in in um jay-z's 444 album he he has the bit where he says you know um i'm not black i'm oj okay like because that's something that oj would say because oj had in in a lot of ways he had transcended race like people who Mm -hmm. didn't like black people and who, who weren't interested in the politics of giving black people civil rights were still fans of oj like they still wanted to watch him run because he was just that good and he was just that charming, so he, they didn't even look him at him as a black person but as an athlete. And like we see lots of black folks now who have that. Like Will Smith kind of has that that standing now where oh, he's yeah. he is a black person, but he is treated with almost as if he is outside of of the the usual rules of how white society sort of engages with a, a famous black person. Um, yeah, I feel like I've had this something similar. I don't. What was I listening to that? But they're talking about like people who've been able to capture. I think I think it was brilliant idiots to be honest. And they're talking about like black black comedians and like black black people who've been able who've been accepted. I really quote into like white homes and it's okay. Does that make sense? Like people who've made it until they don't have to make an effort to. I'm really phrasing this so wrongly. But Will Smith is an example. Mm-hmm. Chris Rock is an example. Um, who else was the other person? Jay Z, and there's one more. Beyonce for sure. Oh, one hundred percent. Oh, the old male people. Uh, she's yeah. she's mad overrated. Like not and uh, not not from a hater perspective. She is great, but like yeah, I, she's actually I shouldn't even say she's overrated. That's that's probably not even the right way to go about it. She's just very talented at like curating a near perfect image. Because someone was making this point, like. I don't think anybody has the kind of universal appeal of perfectly skirting that line. Like nobody, I don't think there's anybody who hates Beyonce. People either are indifferent, Mm. but most people love her. And the people who really love her are super passionate. And she can be, she can be both the, the wife. She can be the seductress. She can be the mother, like all of those things. Yeah. And everybody's game. Like no, when she talks about sex, it's not a problem. When she talks about love, it's not a problem. Like everybody, whereas pretty much everybody else, there's someone who is against them or who 
detracts part of their personality. But I think that's all very highly curated. Like she has a lot of powerful people making sure like to control which photos of her mm. get out and like yeah. every everything is like a press release. Everything is she's like a she's an excellent politician. Like I think she could she could legitimately probably run for president and maybe would have a shot at winning. You think so? I I after Trump winning, uh-huh, true. I actually do think she might like maybe. I think the fact that Jay Z is her husband might make things a little bit difficult because mm. then we, they have Republicans being able to attack like oh he's a drug dealer he's a gangster blah 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 kind of thing. But no, I think I think they could do it. Like yeah, actually, it wouldn't be that. I don't I don't think it'd be that crazy because she's she has really cultivated a near perfect image. True. No scandals, no sex scandals, no violent scandals, no drug scandals. Uh, no, she's she's perfectly not not too pro black that white people are scared, but not so unblack enough, or, or not so anti black that yeah. black people are like, oh, you're a coon, you're a sellout. Like she's keeping both sides happy, which very few people have been able to do. That is true. She she keeps both sides of every argument happy with her. That is very true. And I don't I haven't seen anybody do that. And she's still like since OJ talented and stuff oh Beyonce I feel like she can wear the ugliest thing and just because she wore it it's like yeah. perfection she's got royalty it's like, oh it's status. Beyonce that's fine <laughs> that is fine I was watching um the Daily Show recently um and there was this uh what do you call them uh the guys who who not the hosts like the other guys who do what who like the anchors create content no or the writers no, not the writers. Um, <laughs> I know who? the word. I just, the I just comedians? forgot it. No. What uh, do these people do? Sorry, I'm trying to help you out, but you got to know. I know. It's like the guys who, who sometimes they go out and they find stuff and then they report on that stuff, but they're not news anchors and stuff. For for like um, talk shows. Like investigators, no, reporters, no, journalists. No, no, no. no. Would they go out and do what? They can go out and um, so they go out. Mm. And they cover a certain topic or whatever, and they invest- <laughs> investigate as well. Wait, and they have a microphone they and they've got a camera on them while they do it? Not necessarily. They can just create even a satirical piece about it, and they can have a conversation that's very satirical about it in the studio and stuff. Why am oh, I forgetting? Guests? No. Oh my God. I don't know what the fuck I'm you're talking about. Really I think yeah. you're making this up. I don't know <laughs> I'm what. Not. I've listed, listed every possible crew um, member. Let of me get an example. Maybe that would help. Um, Hassan Minaj. There we go. Okay. Correspondent. Okay. So I forgot her name, but she's. You could have just said new. reporter. Like that's the same thing. If it, I no, said no, let's reporter, not, let's, not, let's not get you off on another like, tangent. Go ahead, go ahead and say <laughs> what you're gonna say. It would other people would misinterpret it. Anyway, uh, this lady, she's a correspondent on the Daily Show, and she was talking about how <laughs> she was saying like, the conversation was something totally different. It was about race. And then in that conversation, she was talking about Beyonce, and she was like, "If Beyonce decided to take my name." <laughs> And make it her last name. Like how proud she would be to renounce a name and get another name. Like so she'd give it up. She'd give it up. She's like, Beyonce wants it? Okay, you take it. <laughs> I get something else. Um, but yeah, that's just how much yeah, I mean, bigger be- deal Beyonce is. Beyonce is famous enough that if she like stole your husband, you, you'd apologize. <laughs> you want him? Okay, cool. Yeah, my bad. I shouldn't. I don't even know. I was just keeping him warm for you, love. Thank you. I <laughs> that would be so funny because I'm sure that's what, what's her name? I don't remember her name. Okay, I have so many things in my head. I ramble a lot. I've told you this before. Then it goes on a tangent. And I'll probably just edit this part out also because I'm saying all that nothing. Um, anyway. <laughs> ah, sorry. 
Um, yeah. Beyonce. How did we get to talking about Beyonce? Somehow. We were talking about OJ and how beautiful oh, he yeah, is. Oh, true. And incredibly charming. And how he's 90. And maybe... He, so he's not 90, but he, he is like to? 75. I don't know how old he is. He's like 75. And he looks... Have you ever like met seventy five year old people? They're like they're not active members of society. <laughs> this man is seventy five at the club. Like he's taking pictures with girls and shit. He's on Instagram with like women in his lap, and he's seventy five. And he it doesn't even look crazy. Like it doesn't look like he's an old creep. It looks like oh no, he could probably yeah he he could he could if he hopped on Tinder he'd get some matches. How and old I'm, is Denzel? About 60, the same age. Sixty or so. Yeah. yeah. A, li- a little bit younger, but yeah. He's aging. <laughs> His hair's great. Oh yeah, Denzel. Denzel switched. He switched from like Denzel hasn't been like the sexy heartthrob since like the nineties. I'm curious to see how Idris Elba would turn out. Like I'm just trying to think of people who everyone goes crazy about. I think Idris is definitely is aging already. Like not not in a bad way. Just he doesn't have. He's never he's never looked youthful. Like he's never had boyish looks. So I think it'll probably be fine for him. Mm. he's never he's never been like a boyish handsome type you know like tyrese or something like that he's always been sort of like built big square jaw kind of looking looking dude tyrese i was actually listening to i if you listen to the last episode of like brilliant and tedious mm. but they drilled him like which because of which what one? happened to him um what do they call it moral Honesty. honesty yeah yeah oh, I, man oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Said like 10 times i'm like we get the point <laughs> we get what moral honesty is so like 10 charlamagne times. charlamagne loves a fucking like he loves his little one to two sentence like ideas like if he gets an idea in his head and he just loves it he'll just quote that motherfucker every, every fucking single e- time yeah that's like okay he's got his what he's, he's got his what you got to live your truth uh, like i know i've been <laughs> oh, listening so long truth. i know he's, you got to live your truth um he always says, says that's just the truth of the matter. He always says that shit at the end of sentences, like it makes what he said not bullshit. And also, um, when someone like, if you, if if Andrew like says something against him, he'll always trace it back to either being broke. So if they're speaking about money, it's like you're just broke. It's like what <laughs> Andrew, the hell? Andrew is it's broke like, relative to Char- Charlemagne's it's got fine. proper then, millionaire let's money. Move on. I like this guys. The podcast is really cool. Yeah. And then he al- he's always quoting like the 48 laws of power and shit. Like he's got his little, uh, yeah, moral honesty. Don't take p- away people's power of choice. He's got, yeah, he's got like, a, they should make a handbook of just the shit. That <laughs> Charlemagne. Charlemanisms. Next book after. Godisms. After the book he's writing that I don't know. Yeah, I, I've been trying to read it, r- read his book, but I haven't been able to find like a copy in the library or whatever. But uh, yeah, Black Privilege. Uh, That's his last book, yeah. Yeah, Opportunity Comes to Those Who Wait. I, wa- I want to read it. It's probably fucking good. Like, cause I love listening to him. He's he's pretty good at talking. I mean, he says some. I think the brilliant it is has made me more of a fan of him, cause I think he said a lot of stupid shit here and there. But like, the, when you listen to him over a longer period of time, you get like context for the stupidity, you know? Yeah. Like, and he also just seems infinitely curious. Like he has like this childlike curiosity to learn about the world and change opinions, and you see his opinion change over time, which I respect that a lot. When you can go, oh, you know, I used to think this, now I think something different. He actually said that in like one of the episodes that I remember. But he has that urge to actually learn from people, and he finds it really helpful to be in a space where someone else knows more than him, because mm. then he wants to know everything that this person. But the knows. thing is, he's mad cocky sometimes too. Like he'll, he'll he's hella cocky. Like how are you talk? You have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, and you're telling <laughs> them, you're telling the expert what the fuck to, the, is true. You have no idea what you're saying. 
I agree with you. But it's funny. It's 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 fun to it's watch. Good It'd be fun. boring if you did like watching someone be unsure is fucking boring when they're just like, well, you know, maybe I could. I don't want to fucking hear that. I want to hear him say some some stupid shit, you know. With confidence, just go. Yeah, no, that's that's just you know. I don't think gun violence is a thing. It's not necessary. Everybody should have guns, you know. Just some, whatever. Just say some crazy shit. Mm. How long have you been in Melbourne, actually? I never asked you this before. I forgot. I don't know. A couple of years. Couple of years. Little, not even yet. Would you go back home? No. Why not? No. Here's good. I mean, but I don't intend on staying here long. But I don't intend on. Wait, do you mean would I ever visit back home? No. Like, do you, mean, do you would want I move to back? move back home? Uh, I have no strong desire to, but I mean, if if I visit and find a reason to, then sure, yeah. Really? Yeah. Do you miss your family? Not terribly. I mean, a little bit. I mean, I, not not I not really, but I I do think about whether or not I'll um regret, you know, not spending enough time. So that is so that is a priority of mine, making sure that I spend time. But on an emotional level, no, I don't really miss miss them that much. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, uh, I do think that I got that I gotta run in a little bit though. Yeah. But um. Well, wait. You don't have any family here, do you? No, I have very decent. I have a, one cousin of mine here. Mm, same. And that's that's it. You guys close? Very close. Uh, how how'd you manage to get so close? I mean, you've only um, been here what like two uh, years? No, no, no. A year? She moved here as well. She's, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so we you've moved been here together. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, I was actually really lucky she came here. She wasn't going to come here. Um, but we grew up together. Now, since my sister was like in boarding school a majority of her life, we're the same age, we're age mates, we lived close to each other. My mom and her mom are really close as well. Mm. So I'd spend a lot of time with them. Um, and yeah, we, we, we end up being really close. And we went to my last high school. We were in the same high school, my last two years of high school, um, which was fun. <laughs> but yeah, we've been pretty close. I've never been. Yeah, I've never been at the same school as one of my siblings, because the one below me is exactly four years younger than me, mm. and the other one is eleven years younger. So that we, we were never even close. <laughs> but we were just like when I went to middle school. Like when I went to high school, she went to middle school. When I, she went to high school, I went to university. So we were just never the at same the same school. Place. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like that with my sister as well. Like some people, are, but like, I always wanted to. I was yeah, like, I don't I think I would have wanted to. Oh, maybe I would have, but I don't think I would have. And also, my mom's a teacher, so oh, we could have we could have easily all like <laughs> be if, in the same if, space. We could have all easily been in the same space, <laughs> and I've seen that before, and it's a little bit interesting. Like, you got your mo- your mom teaches like a class, and you got friends who have you know who have um, classes with your mom or your dad or whatever, and then you've got a sister or a brother who's who's in the school too. But that might have been fun, yeah. I don't think I want to be in the same school where my mom teaches. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. my mom. You, well, I don't think anybody does. Cause you, like, yeah, because oh, you no. want to be free and foolish. And, you know. Like, stay away. And I imagine it'd be embarrassing and shit, yeah. I think it would be, yeah, it would because my mom would just be a mom in school. Mm. Like, she wouldn't, actually, maybe not. I've worked for my mom after high school. I had, like, a six-month gap where I had nothing to do. And she was like, okay, come, I'll give you a job. And she was like, okay, now we're working. When you're working, I'm your boss. Um, and I didn't call her mom and stuff. And I'd call her by her name. And you that's didn't the, call her mom. That's the only one time I call her by her She let me call her by her name. I remember once when I was like 10. What's her name? Uh, Njeri. Say it again. Njeri. Njeri. Oh, good. Okay, cool. That's good. That's, hmm. But there's one time when I was younger, <laughs> I called my mom by her name. I think I was like 10. 
And she was like, what? <laughs> what did you say? And I was like, I'm so dumb, man. I said it again. <laughs> She's like, why are you calling me by my name? So it's very disrespectful to call your parents by their name, if like in African culture and stuff. It, I think in every culture, that shit is disrespectful. And she's just I like... Mean, or, or it's like, it's overly familiar, you know what I mean? But you, you can you can use it very yeah. strategically. Like, have you... Okay, so I know you're young, but tell me you've watched Fresh Prince. I have. Okay, so you know the episode <laughs> I'm about to about to reference, right? It's like probably the, most, the most famous... Re- uh, episode of, of this show when his dad comes back will smith's dad yeah well we're like the character's dad or whatever yeah. and at the end he's like uh, the dad is like so we, we'll get we'll get together we'll hang we'll do something and he's and then will is like yeah sure we'll do that lou like he calls him by his name specifically as like a fuck you and i think that's super fucking effective like i'm not even going to give you the honor of calling you my father or my dad i wouldn't do that <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm assuming your mother didn't abandon you or give you a reason to disrespect her in that way. So it was a very intentional. uh, And I was so dumb because I said it twice. Mm. (laughs) And I'm like, afterwards, I was like, never again. Anyway, she let me call back by her name. And yeah, ever since, now I can because I'm old enough to understand that me me calling you by your name is not me disrespecting you. It's just, I don't know, me being casual or something. I don't know. Um, But yeah. Yeah. That was was interesting. I do got to pop out of here and get to my you do next bit so why do we coming. what do we do do we do we have sponsors do we, do we say <laughs> oh i who, wish who brought these messages to the people well nah there's no sponsors or anything it's just me doing my thing and you coming in so thanks so much for coming yeah this is actually really good um yeah thanks for sharing your time and being thanks able to have me. this thanks conversation for Thanks for agreeing to do it. Oh, there's a lot of thank yous going here. Um, but yeah, I'm really grateful. We'll write actually. each other a letter. All good. All good. I'll send you a long email that you can reply in three minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You are hilarious. Am I? No. <laughs> I love you.